Hi, it's Lisa. Welcome back to The Healing Path, a podcast created to connect our broken hearts as we journey into honest conversations about grief and loss in our daily lives. Following the deaths of two of my children, I struggled for many years to fill the holes in my heart. I felt like I tried everything. Prayer, meditation, therapy, coaching, reading, journaling, waiting, you name it. Plus, I tried a few less productive approaches. And after two decades of continuing to grieve, it occurred to me that maybe I'd set the wrong target. Instead of trying to feel better by filling those painful voids, I've learned that building a life around them is a much more attainable target. A major part of this approach is talking openly about what my grief is like instead of keeping it to myself. With this newfound permission to let all the parts of me be here, I feel more human and less like a robot on autopilot. So I created the Healing Path podcast with the hope that sharing our stories in a mutually compassionate and supportive environment will help us to stop working so hard to hide our scars from ourselves and others and start wearing them proudly as the medals of love that they are. So thank you for joining this episode of The Healing Path. Today, I'm chatting about Father's Day. As parents, and if we have chosen a good partner, we try to divide up the labor of running a household. There's so much work to be done. And if you have a child with special needs, (laughs) the fun just gets amplified to the next degree. But what happens when fathers try to do things their way? As their partners, do we scoff, criticize, correct? Do we try to manage the efforts of our child's father as if he were on our staff team reporting to us as the manager? (laughs) Do we try to get him to do things our way? Do we interrupt his efforts to do things his own way? And if so, do we maybe notice a withdrawal or a decreased level of engagement from them as we monitor the details of their care? I ask, because on all days, but especially on Father's Day, there may be merit in taking a step back to recognize and honor the myriad of ways that men enrich the lives and households of their children and families. At times, we may be so busy that we lose patience, and we think we have to tell men how to do things. When we do, (laughs) it becomes as counterproductive as it would if the father of our child started questioning our efforts and trying to fix them to be better, faster, and more efficient. And when we do take a step back, the behaviors we see may surprise us. We may notice that in our absence, the fathers and the children do just fine. We may begin to appreciate that men have their own, albeit circuitous ways at times, uh, of doing things. When we micromanage dads, we may find that they tap out before we even get going. When we try to control not what they do, but how they do it, they may decide they can't win and do nothing at all. And then we wonder why we're the ones doing all the work. (laughs) So bringing this conversation to our healing paths and also processing grief I sincerely, this is genuine, hope that you have not had to bury a child. I have. And making end-of-life decisions for your daughter as a couple is one of the hardest things we've had to do. Details from trying to honor and support the precious life of our baby girl 
to trying to plan a funeral can get messy, judged, misinterpreted, and divisive. And when it comes to grief, it gets even more complicated. Because just as we care for our families differently, we grieve differently too. And if we judge the healing path of another, and especially our partner, we again alienate ourselves from the other, assuming that we have a better way. This makes us feel even more alone. And increased isolation leads to further manufactured narratives that we fill our heads with. And before we know it, we may be living in two different worlds, even if under the same roof. On behalf of capable, brilliant, loving, dedicated, and resourceful fathers everywhere, I say you have been caring for your families for thousands of years, and we thank you. If, as parents, we want more from our partners when it comes to the household, or when it comes to something more complex like grieving, I believe we need to start with focusing on what's going well. What special father techniques, activities, and unique bonds already exist that we can celebrate? Where can we recognize father's idiosyncratic magic ways of doing things? And when is the last time we said thank you for something they did? Mutual support in the day-to-day functioning of the household is critical. If we fail to allow our partners to show up in whatever way is most natural for them, we fast-track the notion that we know best and they don't, which is, of course, not true. And also, it is the easiest way to find ourselves alone in the workload or grief load, since as we criticize and we tell our partners that we don't approve, we communicate that their way is wrong, which is silly when we think about how long fathers have been caring for their children and their partners. Mothers and fathers are different. The way we interact with our children is different. Our perspectives, also different. Our goals may even be different. But one thing we can do to increase the strength of that partnership is to recognize and encourage. (laughs) Try this if you're doubtful. See if you notice an increased engagement by your partner when you thank, appreciate, and notice rather than correct, adjust, and fix their flaws. After all, We have them too. If we want to do hard things together, like raise families and grieve, we build synergy when we allow different approaches in the mix. If we stay big picture, we may just notice that having a diaper put on wrong or the dishes not quite as sparkly clean as we might like them is better than doing it all ourselves. (laughs) And since men are more than capable Maybe we can just learn to say thank you and watch the mood evolve from one of opposition to one of collaboration. So thanks for joining this episode of The Healing Path. Uh, Celebrating fathers on this Father's Day weekend to June 17th, 2022. And I wanted to take a moment to... Um, just kind of bring this topic to light because now that my, my son is 23 and many of our, um, 
friends and uh, peers have raised their children as well so that the kids are, they're no longer little, they're grown. And so I've seen actually quite a bit of data and material on how we interact as mothers and fathers, as partners, um, and in, in the household itself. And maybe you live in a household where you've been able to create you know, this synchronized shared effort to keep things going and the roles are clear and the responsibilities are clear. Um, but many people don't live in a household like that. And I know in my household, one of the things that um, repeated themes that came up as I began to have a better understanding is, um, you know, the fact that there's just too much work. It wasn't that we weren't both giving our lives, everything we had together, but sometimes there's just too much. And when you can acknowledge that there's too much together, then it becomes a we thing instead of a me and you thing. And it, it gets a little bit easier, but that came with wisdom in years. So hopefully some of you that are listening are nodding your heads and going, yeah, I see what you're saying. So yeah. And what I really, because I've seen, you know, all of our families kind of evolve and grow and the roles between moms and dads kind of exchange. Um, I did share a post a couple of days ago about courageous fathers. You can find that in the search um, function. And I, I was really trying to call out the fact that fathers don't have the same carte blanche that mothers have to be affectionate with their children, to show emotion, to show vulnerability, um, definitely a longer chat, but I bring it up here just as a reminder so that we can really, I'd like to take that step back. And what I've noticed is that when we criticize and we try to um, manage, this is true with everybody, but especially with fathers, because they're so capable. um, When we do that, we really do alienate them. We make uh, the environment, we cause it to be a little bit more stringent and people are on edge and you know what it feels like if you do something that feels natural to you and you get criticized for it, the take home is, Oh, I don't know what I'm doing or worse. Um, you know, forget her. I know exactly what I'm doing and this resentment kind of starts to brew, um, and can result in just a lack of help and a disengagement. I know that I've done that before. It's not unique to fathers, but what is unique to fathers is their relationship and their bond and their love with their children. And it's a different love. It's a different way. The bond is different. And the idea that parents should, you know, kind of love and interact with their children in the same way, simply not true. Um, They benefit from us showing up as who we actually are and doing things the way that you know, feel natural because when we criticize each other, or especially fathers, if we don't like the way they're doing something, then what we're letting them know is, you know, you're not, you're not good enough or you're not what I thought. And then, as I said, that resentment can start to grow. That's a problem. But the second problem that arises in this environment is that we rob our children of their father's natural ability to engage, to nurture, to love, to support, to coach, all those things. And that's where I think the real loss is because we, it's not just that we, you know, if we try to manage and control everything ourselves and criticize, criticize, 
then we might have a partner that complies, but not necessarily a partner acting out of his own volition. And then when he doesn't act out of his own volition, he's doing my things my way and doing things his doing his things his way um, never takes shape. And so we rob our kids of allowing their dads to be more of who they are, which, as Marianne Williamson brilliantly says, gives others permission to do the same. So an additional kind of a third component of this is if the child um, observes or witnesses on a regular basis that mom is trying to control everything, then we're also sending a message to the child that it's our way or the highway. I'm not talking about discipline and I'm not talking about you know, basic responsibilities and values and things like that. I'm talking about things like, um, you know, not it, cleaning's an easy one that comes to mind, but it's more than that. It's clutter, it's laundry, it's bills, it's um, all the details of the lives in our in our households. Which again, every single one is going to be different. But on Father's Day, a couple things I want to say: thank you to the fathers in our lives. Um, I myself have a very special dad, and I also was very blessed to partner with someone who um, is just the best father that I know, Ernest. So um, thank you both for that. And yeah, let's just try to let's just try to give men a little bit of space when it comes to their kids, especially this weekend. And then as we turn that corner into, you know, going further along next week, Try this experiment and just start saying thank you or noticing or try to back off a little bit and see what happens. Um, and then tell us about it at lisamcfarland.com, of course, in the comments of the blog. And until next time, let's stay present, stay grateful, and stay healing. And let's really try to stay supportive of our children's dads. They are they are working hard like we are, and their love for their children is no different than ours. So let's try to find a way to enrich that process and that relationship rather than stomping on it. <laughs> Have a great weekend, folks. And as always, <laughs> sincerely thank you for listening. <laughs>